The truth is we're all the last line of defense. And there is not one silver bullet that's going to take care of all of it for us. Hi, I'm Maria, otherwise known as the Fit Foodie. I'm a chef, holistic nutritionist, author, inventor, and mom. And I want to welcome you to my podcast. It's called Recipes for Your Best Life. And with every episode, I'm peeling back the onion on fitness, nutrition, health, wellness, and family. The truth is you're the chef of your life. And for every important pillar, there's a great recipe worth sharing. So every week we'll explore them together. Think of it as food for thought that you can really sink your teeth into. So join me and let's squeeze the joy out of this life because you only get one. Can I get a fork, yeah? Pesticides. It is a pretty emotionally charged word. And there are people that are definitely divided into their camps when they hear the word pesticide. And the bottom line is, no, they're not a great thing. They're not great for the environment and they're not great for human health. But the whole point is to figure out what to do to keep yourself and your family safe. Because the truth is, pesticides are used in everything. They're used in crop control. They're used in household pest control. They're used in commercial pest control. And the, the, the bottom line is, there's no real way to avoid them or to even opt for a, a pesticide-free existence. It just doesn't exist. So the question is, how do we take the healthiest route, both for ourselves and for the environment? Well, let's break down what a pesticide even means. So pesticides, by definition, were created to destroy pests, to destroy them, meaning kill them, without negatively affecting human health and the environmental and the environment. But the truth is that there are none that exist today that are perfect at both without any side effects. They've gotten better over time, but to create a pesticide that would 100% guarantee that your health would be safe or the environment's health would be safe just doesn't exist at this time. So what do we do in order to make better choices? Well, let me dispel a couple of myths for you because I think what you're probably thinking is, well, I just buy organic. I eat organic food. Well, get ready for the fork drop because organic does not mean pesticide-free. Let me repeat that. Organic does not mean that they don't use pesticides. It means that only certain types of pesticides are used. So instead of using naturally occurring pesticides, you know, pesticides that are derived from natural ingredients, they use synthetic pesticides in conventional growing. So organic in and of itself does not mean pesticide free. So if you're thinking to yourself, well, certainly using something natural would be better than something synthetic. Well, that's not necessarily true either. I mean, arsenic is natural, but you don't want to eat it. So natural does not equate to non-toxic. Have I lost you? Just stay with me for a second. Natural does not mean non-toxic. In fact, organic pesticides can also be harmful to your health and the environments. So it's not the silver bullet. Now, some people may choose to avoid synthetic pesticides by purchasing organic foods. But 
that very important facet that I shared with you, that organic doesn't mean pesticide-free and natural doesn't mean non-toxic, is something that you need to think about. You know, bio-organic pesticides may be used in organic production, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they're a healthier option. And in fact, both synthetic and organic biopesticides have been associated with increased cancer rates at higher levels in lab animals. One other thing that you need to know is that pesticides often contain heavy metals like copper. So over time, those can accumulate in your body. And that's why the cumulative effect or the cocktail effect is what we call it, is so concerning. You know, when tests are done on the levels of pesticides in foods, sometimes what they do is they just look at the load of one pesticide. Well, the problem is many foods are contaminated with multiple pesticides. And if those are building up in your body because they're getting stored in your fatty tissue, over time with the heavy metals, you can see how that could be a recipe for disaster. In children, accidental exposures to high level of pesticides are associated with childhood cancers, ADHD, and autism. And a study of organic pesticides, and I say organic again, pesticides, yes, organic pesticides used in gardening found that the use of certain classifications of those organic pesticides were associated with Parkinson's disease. Now, some people might argue that synthetic pesticides may be more harmful because over time they're designed to have a greater shelf life And so by virtue, they may last longer in the body or in the environment. But what I have learned is that some organic pesticides, in fact, a good good chunk of them can persist or have as long or even a longer half-life as the synthetic pesticides. And a half-life is the time that indicates their efficacy. So if you know, you go to the store, you go to the farmer's market and you buy produce, in theory, those pesticides should mostly be dissipated if they were applied correctly and in the right concentration. So a lot of growers won't apply pesticides in the last week or couple weeks of their cultivation for that very reason. And I emphasize if they've been done correctly. There's also been cases where organic pesticides can be less effective than synthetic pesticides, so it causes the farmers to need to use them more often and at higher doses. And this really came to my awareness through a friend of mine who's an organic, or who was trying to go organic, I should say, but who is an avocado grower near Santa Barbara. And when he tried to go organic, he shared with me that it just wasn't affordable. And it would have caused more harm to the environment than good because the amount of pesticide he would have need to use, needed to use would have been like a hundred times more than the synthetic. So his rationale was, I will be very diligent in using the synthetic pesticide, but using it in the right amount. So hopefully that gives you a little bit of an understanding of some of the myths associated with pesticides, but let me just digest that piece for you because I'm about to move on. Pesticides, whether they're organic or conventional, synthetic, they're still pesticides. They're still created to destroy pests. 
So since 1987, there have been annual pesticide reports prepared by the FDA or the Food and Drug Administration that monitors the use of pesticides to make sure that they're used at the right levels. And it's called the Pesticide Residue Monitoring Program. And they put out a report by the same name. And since we are all about food safety and I'm here to help you eat cleaner every day, I took the time to digest this 55-page report that the FDA just put out. They put it out in mid-September, so here we are just a week past that, and it's from 2017. So just to tell you, there's a little lag time in there. So the 2019 release is a 2017 report, and I wanted to break it down for you. So they analyze samples from both domestic and imported foods across the range. Um, and that included, you know, everything from dairy and meat and milk and eggs to fruit and vegetables to commodity crops like soy and wheat and corn. And I, of course, wanted to dive into the fruit and vegetables because that's where we play the most. And that's to be to be truthful, where most of your diet should focus is on fruit and vegetables. And while the FDA indicates in their executive summary that most of the samples meet the safe levels designated, there are some pretty concerning numbers where pesticide residues are in violation of federal limits, and not by a small amount, but by up to 50%. And some of the really, really harmful commodities are the things that you and I eat every single day. And let me get into that in just a moment. But I'm going to share a few more statistics with you. For some of the commodity groups, the violation rate was higher for import samples. I mean, significantly higher. Like we're talking almost 8% of the fruit samples were in violation versus almost 2% of the domestic samples. And when it came to vegetables, almost 13% were in violation, whereas almost 10% of the domestic samples were in violation. But within those categories, there were certain commodity items, and I mean, you know, like celery and cilantro and leaf lettuce that were sky high. And what was a little concerning to me was seeing that the violation rate was higher in this recent report in 2017 than in recent years because they've been dosing up on the use of pesticides on leafy greens. I know. I am obsessed with greens. I mean, I talk about eating greens, getting up on greens. It's a strategy in my new book, The Real Dish on Eating to Thrive, Eat Like You Give a Fork. Um, And greens are gold. You know, they deliver more calorie bang for your buck than any other food. So when I saw that, my heart kind of sank a little bit. Um, to, To move on, another concerning topic or concerning part of the study is the the mass number of pesticides being used. Now, the FDA detection methods could detect about 761 pesticides and industrial chemicals. And of those, residues 
of over 220 different pesticides were found in the samples analyzed. And one of those samples included DDT. DDT is a pesticide, a very harmful, toxic pesticide that has been banned in the United States since 1972, guys. My goodness. 1972. And traces of those pesticides were found on production of produce today. Now, let's kind of talk a little bit about these commodity items. Oh, one thing I wanted to mention, I talked a little bit about the cocktail effect. Let me just kind of break that down a little bit. So the cocktail effect of pesticides is this, a cocktail, multiple things in that thing. So what's concerning is when you take that 221 different types of pesticides and you analyze a crop, a produce item, and you find 10, 20, 30, 50 different types of pesticides. Oh yeah, apple crops with over 50 different types of pesticides. And then you tell me, well, they're all below the level that they're supposed to be at. Well, the problem is you've got 50 different pesticides on that apple. And you're gonna tell me that the cumulative effect or the cocktail effect of that is not concerning? So let me break down for you some of the really um, disconcerting news. I think the, the crops that we need to pay the most attention to based on the data. Um, what I'm seeing is that cilantro, about 48% of the cilantro that was tested was in violation of pesticide limits. That's almost half. Kale, it was over 25%. You know how much kale has exploded in popularity. It's in everything now. It's even on the menus of three Michelin star restaurants. And leaf lettuce was almost at 15%. I mean, these are really common commodity items that we eat every single day. Um, other, other, and I'm just going to break down the domestic versus the imported. And domestic, obviously, crops that are grown in the United States. So of the domestic samples, other things that were disconcerting were over 10% of the samples that were tested were in violation besides cilantro, kale, and what else did I mention to you? Cilantro, kale, and lettuce. Collard greens, okra, spinach, string beans, apricots, dates, figs, grapes, grapefruit, papayas, pineapple, bok choy, carrots, celery, eggplant, ginger, head lettuce, leaf lettuce, and the list goes on. I mean, we're talking about a lot of items that were over the limit. A lot. And I go into detail on our blog at eatcleaner.com, by the way. So I would highly encourage you to go check that out. We're talking pesticides killing pests. We're talking about them 
disrupting their systems. And the same thing can happen in our own systems. And it's particularly worrisome when it comes to developing systems in infants, in children, in pregnant women that are growing these infants and children. And um, I just got to say, there's there's something that we got to do. There's something that we got to do. Because we know now that it's not just buying organic food. We know that it's not just rinsing our produce with water because rinsing with water doesn't do anything. So let me break down some helpful hints to help you protect yourself and your family against pesticides. Number one is to remove the outer leaves of leafy greens. So when you get that head lettuce or that kale at home, you might wanna consider just removing the outer leaves of the bunch. That is where the majority of the pesticide residue sits. You can also take the opportunity to peel your produce. You won't get the benefit of the fiber and the skin of the produce, but where you can, you can peel because again, that outer layer is where the pesticides tend to be most concentrated. Now, number two, you can opt for organic produce, but like I just said, it doesn't mean that it makes it better because sometimes chemical pesticides are just as safe or risky, I guess you could say, as the organic ones. And sometimes they are known to have really harmful environmental effects. So it's not necessarily the best route, but it's a route. Number three, and one that I feel very, very strongly about and why we created our products is to clean your produce the right way. Most produce is hydrophobic, and that means that the produce, uh, the water just runs over the produce, and it'll just beat up on the surface or just run right off of it. And by the way, a lot of our produce is wax now. So the wax is trapping that residue under the surface, and there's no amount of water that you can use to rinse that off. So we created Eat Cleaner, and the, the wash that we created breaks the surface tension of fruits and vegetables so that you can actually get under the surface. And it's, it's lab proven. It's lab proven to remove over 95% of harmful pesticide residue, even from porous strawberries. And with apples that were tested, it removed over 99.8%. So you're talking a pretty significant percentage. And Need I say more, but of course I'm gonna say this, even if you're buying organic produce, you need to make sure that it's washed properly because of so many reasons, the pesticides included, but also, ill fertilizers, manure, organic stuff that can transmit bacteria, that is no bueno. And then another hint is maybe growing your own produce. You know, even if you have a, just a windowsill garden with some herbs, that can really go a long way. And I'm thinking we should all grow our own cilantro after reading that study. So although processes are out there trying to keep our food supply safer, the truth is we're all the last line of defense. And there is not one silver bullet that's going to take care of all of it for us. So before you dig into that kale salad or that salsa made with cilantro and hot peppers or that lettuce wrap, you got to think twice before you bite. Washing it properly, thinking about removing the out, outer leaves, maybe growing a little bit of your own and becoming more educated on the steps that you can take to eat cleaner every day 
is power. Knowledge is power. And I encourage you to download the full FDA report as well as our own third-party pesticide lab reports on our website at eatcleaner.com forward slash blog, where you'll see my latest post on pesticides and what you can do to take matters into your own hands. And I really, really hope that this was enlightening. I hope I didn't confuse you by diving too deep into the world of pesticides, but this is vital information that we all need to know. And if we pass it on and we share it, with the people that we love, we can all take a bigger step towards protecting our plates. Hey, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. I know you have a lot of choices out there of what to listen to, what to watch, so it means a lot to me that you're here with me. And hey, if you love this content, would you hit the subscribe button? I want you around. I don't want you to just show up for one episode and leave. I want you here, part of the conversation a seat at this table. And while you're at it, would you share this with your friends and family? And if you take a screenshot and share it on your social media with a hashtag RFYBL for recipes for your best life, I'll make sure to personally give you a shout out and you may just be featured right here on the show. So until next time, here's to living deliciously and being the chef of your best life.